Hello, welcome to the Law and Legal System podcast with me, Harriet Van Zell. In this episode, I'll be outlining the rights of the defendant to legal representation and bail, describing how the criminal trial process works for both a summary and indictable offence, comparing the trial process in the magistrate's court and crown court using a summary, either way, an indictable offence, outlining the powers of the courts in sentencing offenders using one example of a summary offence and one indictable offence, and explaining the grounds of appeal from the Magistrates' Court and the Crown Court in English, in England and Wales. Chapter 1. Outlining the rights of the defendant to legal representation and bail. Bail means following charge you are freed from police custody until the next stage in the process in your case. In the UK we have the Bail Act 1976 and the Criminal Justice Act 2003 which covers the rights of the defendant to legal representation and bail. If you have been arrested by the police you may have the right to pre-charge bail. This is when the police investigation is ongoing and they might not have enough evidence to make a charge, in which case they will bail a suspect, which, with instructions to return to the police station at a later time and date. You may be given conditions on your bail, such as surrendering your passport, curfews, and reporting to the station at regular intervals. You may, however, be given unconditional bail. This is when there is doubt about a suspect's name or address or the police suspect that the person charged will interfere with witnesses or evidence. If you are in breach of them, such as failing to report into the police station, it is not an offence as such, but the responsibility of the court is to reach a decision. There is a few circumstances where bail is not granted. These are for serious crimes such as murder, manslaughter or serious sexual offence. The offender or the offender is a Class A drug user in a designated area or the right to liberty under Human Rights Act is means you must not be imprisoned or detained without good reason. If you are arrested, the Human Rights Act provides provides that you have the right to be told in a language you understand why you have been arrested and what charges you face. Legal advice and representation. If you were arrested, you have the legal rights to representation. Duty solicitors are solicitors whose services are available to a person suspected or charged with 
a criminal offence for free. Under the Human Rights Act, you're entitled to a fair trial. This means we are innocent until proven guilty. And a fundamentally, it means cases must be heard in a public by independent and impartial judge in a reasonable amount of time. If you can't afford a solicitor, then you may be entitled to legal aid. Legal aid can help meet the costs of legal advice, family mediation and representation in court or tribunal. You'll usually need to show that your case is legible for legal aid. The problem is serious or you can't afford to pay your legal costs. Chapter 2. Describing how the criminal trial process works for, for both a summary and indictable offence. Summary offences are crimes in a common law jurisdictions that can be proceeded against summarily without the right to a jury trial and or indictment. Indictable offences are the most serious criminal offences Indictable only offences can be a can be dealt with in a Crown Court. Tribal either way offences are crimes that could be tried at either as either an indictable offence or a summary offence. These offences are held in the following courts. Summary offences are held in magistrate courts, indictable offences are held in Crown Courts and tribal either way offences are either conducted in Magistrates or Crown Courts, depending on the verdict. Examples of these offences could be, in summary cases, this could be motoring offences, minor criminal damage or common assault. In indictable offences, this could be manslaughter, murder or rape. And in tribal either way offences, this could be theft, burglary or handling of stolen goods. Chapter 3. Comparing the trial process in the Magistrates Court and Crown Court using summary either way or indictable offences. There are similarities and differences between the trial process in the Magistrates Court and the Crown Court in terms of the trial process. A similarity is that in both Magistrates Court and Crown Court, there is a hearing before the trial begins. But there are differences in hearing of what actually happens in them. For instance, in a Magistrates Court, the hearing will take place so that the prosecution can resolve any legal matters they have and in a Crown Court, this is done so the suspect can either plead guilty or not guilty. After this is done, in actual, the actual trial will begin 
and for magistrates court, a brief overview of what the suspect is being charged with will be read out and the suspect is expected to plead guilty or not guilty. However, in a Crown Court, this does not happen as it has already happened in the pre-trial. Also, they both, in both courts, the prosecution will deliver the evidence first, but in the Crown Court, the prosecution will tell the jury about the crime committed and give evidence to prove that the suspect is guilty. However, in the magistrate's court, this will be done, but to the magistrates in the court, giving evidence will be the same as they will call upon witnesses and DNA evidence to prove that the suspects or suspect is guilty of committing a crime. In magistrate's court, after the prosecution has given all the evidence, they have, they'll have... The defence will have the chance to call a no case to answer, meaning that the evidence given is not valid or enough to convict the suspect. And if this fails, then the suspect will be called into the stand and questioned by the prosecution, as well as the defence giving evidence they have. However, in the Crown Court, this does not happen so the defence has a chance to give their evidence and call upon any witness they have or any other evidence that they may have. After this has been done, both courts will have closing speeches, but in Crown Courts this will be done by a barrister and they will sum up the case for the jury, making sure they know key pieces of information. However, in a magistrate's court, the closing speech will either be done by the prosecution or the defence to get the final word in, into the magistrates. Chapter 4. Outlining the powers of the courts in sentencing offenders using an example of a summary offence and one of an indictable offence. Magistrates can only sentence you to a maximum of six months imprisonment and up to £5,000 per offence. A committal from a magistrate is when a magistrate feels that an offence requires a larger punishment than they are able to give you. They can send an offender to the Crown Court for sentencing. This is called committal for sentencing. In a Crown Court, you can be sentenced to different sentencing. The Crown Court has different sentencing power, therefore giving penalties such as fines, community service and custody or suspended sentences. Chapter 5 explaining the grounds of appeal from the Magistrates' Courts and the Crown Courts in England and Wales. If you feel you have not been tried fairly or did not get the results you wanted, you may be able to appeal the decision. Appeals from Magistrates' Courts to Crown Courts is when an appeal in the Crown Court against a conviction in the Magistrates' Court 
is a complete rehearing of the case, so the whole trial is heard again. Leave to appeal is a formal permission of a court for a party to case to appeal the decision to a higher court. The courts of appeal power. The court of appeal shall have jurisdiction to hear and determine any matters arising in a civil, in any civil proceedings upon a case stated upon a question of law reserved by the full court or by a judge of a higher court. Finally, the appealing to the Supreme Court. Only after this court has refused to grant you permission to appeal against its judgment can you then apply to the Supreme Court. In most cases, to bring an appeal to the Supreme Court, you must first apply to the court which handed down the judgment to ask permission to appeal.